Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's episode of In the News, we'll be talking about the disappearance of Nicola Bully out of St. Michael's in the UK. I'm going to do my best to pronounce everything correctly. My American accent is working its hardest. So if you're from the UK and surrounding areas, please know that I am doing my best. We'll also be talking about Nicola in the past tense due to the fact that she's missing. But let me be extremely clear, she is only missing. With all that said, small talk sucks, so let's dive in. In all of my research into Nicola Bully's case, I can tell you that she is the kind of woman everyone wants to know. She was extremely close with her sister, like best friends close, and she and her parents never skipped a beat. As of this year, she and her partner Paul had been together for 12 years and had two beautiful daughters together. Their house was a full-on home, and Nicola made sure that every day was one to be talked about. Nicola worked on mortgages for a living while Paul was an engineer. Thankfully, they were both able to work from home, so they were also able to bank quite a bit of spare time. When Nicola wasn't working, you could find her making all sorts of memories, whether it was playdates with the kids, going all out for holidays, or catching up with old friends. She was always doing something. Something she particularly loved was the outdoors. If it was a nice day, Nicola was out enjoying the weather and the scenery. If it wasn't a nice day, she was probably still out doing the same. Nicola lived in St. Michael's, UK, which is a pretty tiny area. Looking at the map, it looks like a little farmland blurp in between other little farmland blurps. The population of the village is resting right around 700 whole people. Everyone knows everyone, and on the off chance you don't know someone, you know someone else who knows that person. News travels fast in a village like that, and it didn't take long for news to spread that one of their own was missing. Friday, January 27th, 2023, started out like any other weekday for Nicola and her family. She and Paul got up with the girls, got them ready for school, packed their dog Willow into the car, and headed to drop-off. Like she did almost every day, Nicola parked the car near the school and took the short walk to the River Wire, which in the U.S. we would just call the Wire River, which was really a teeny tiny walk away. Nicola would regularly walk Willow on the trails along the river before heading back home like she always did. There are countless Facebook photos photographing this walk that she would take, and it's a beautiful little trail. There are designated walking paths and fields that line the river that's honestly more like a glorified creek, at least in the area that Nicola was walking. 
According to a website called River Level UK, the water level for the river wire was about 0.468 meters that day, which is just a little more than a foot and a half for all the Americans listening. The website indicates that that's on the lower end of the usual depth, which generally ranges between 0.4 meters to 4.75 meters, so anywhere between roughly 2 to 15 feet deep. Looking at the photos of the river, it looks like it widens and picks up a current about 7 or so miles downstream towards the bay, and all of this will be important later. The path Nicola would walk Willow along was one that was used pretty much all day every day, by other people walking their dogs, people wanting to do a little fishing, and bikers. It was a quiet but relatively busy trail, and because of that, we have a timeline of the time Nicola spent there. According to a press conference posted by Sky News, a witness saw Nicola at 8.43 a.m. walking towards the Iron Bridge. The Iron Bridge is exactly what it sounds like, and it's a tiny walking bridge that leads to the rest of the trail. Four minutes after being seen by the Iron Bridge, Nicola is seen again on the lower field with both Willow and her cell phone. Three minutes after that, at 8.50 a.m., the Daily Mail reports that she ran into a couple of people walking a dog. They recognized each other, so they laughed and joked for a minute while their dogs played and then both parties moved along. At 8.53 a.m., Nicola used her cell phone to shoot off an email to her boss. Four minutes after that, LBC reports that she sent a friend a text to set up a play date between their daughters. They planned on taking all the girls out for tea. At 9.01 a.m., Nicola logged on to a teleconference meeting through her phone. Her camera and her mic were both turned off, but that wasn't weird since this was a meeting with a metric butt-ton of people in it, and she honestly didn't really need to do much other than listen to what was being said. Even though Nicola had tuned into this meeting, it looks like she kept walking along her regular path, because at 9.10 a.m., nine minutes into that call, someone else recognized her and Willow walking in the upper field. So she had gone from the lower field to the upper field over the course of about 23 minutes. At the time this witness saw her, Willow was out of her harness and enjoying the puppy freedom life, something that she did regularly. Willow was a part of their family and as loyal as they come. In photos on Nicola's Facebook, you can see that Willow walks off the leash and off harness frequently without any issue. After that witness sighting, things start to get a little strange because no one has seen Nicholas since. At 9.33 a.m., a woman noticed a dog wandering along near a bench. The dog's harness was in between the bench and the river's edge, which looks like maybe a 20-foot gap, and there was a cell phone on that bench. The cell phone was logged into a teleconference call, but there was no one else on the other end. According to the Lancashire Telegraph, the woman asked other people on the trail if anyone recognized the dog, and someone did. The dog in question was Willow. Mir reports that two other dog walkers recognized the lock screen photo of the phone, and it was clear that the phone was Nicola's. The woman who stumbled upon Willow and Nicola's cell phone didn't know her or Paul, but her daughter-in-law did. So she gave her daughter-in-law a call, who then called Paul. In a lot of reports, it says that the girl's primary school called Paul, which is true, but in trying to piece together different reports, it looks like the woman's daughter-in-law may have worked at the school. Nonetheless, Paul got that call and raced down the trail to try and figure out what was going on. 
Paul was at home when he got the call from the school about Willow being alone and Nicholas' phone being found on the bench. It was a soul-crushing gut punch because he had already started to get a little worried. In an interview he did with Channel 5 News, he said that Nicola usually got back from her walks around 9.45 a.m., sometimes 10 a.m. So at around 10, he headed upstairs to his office, assuming she'd be home any minute. But when 10 turned into 10.15 and 10.15 turned into 10.20, something started to feel a little off, but only a little because it wasn't unlike Nicola to get caught up talking with a friend during her walks. But when 10.30 came around, it was so off schedule that he decided to give Nicola a call and check on her. He called her, but no one answered. He called again, but again, no one answered. Figuring she'd probably just lost track of time, Paul got ready to go to the gym with plans of looking out for her car and checking on her before he did his thing and headed home. However, before he could even leave the house to do that, the phone rang. Paul told Channel 5 that it was someone from the school who'd acknowledged that this was a weird call, but that they'd found Willow, her harness on the ground, and Nicola's phone on a bench on the trail. Paul asked where Nicola was, and when they told him that they didn't know, a panic set in. At 10.50 a.m., he rushed out the door and called police on his way to that bench. When he got there, there were several dog walkers standing around, and it seemed like everyone had collectively gathered to try and figure out what was going on. Someone handed him Willow and Nicola's phone, and he went on a Liam Neeson-style search for Nicola. I mean, he was searching in fields and bushes, over fences, but he couldn't find her anywhere. And Nicola would have never left Willow, ever. At that point, everyone was in a panic. Paul told Channel 5 that while he was searching for Nicola, police called him and told him to go back home because an officer was on his way to the house. Seeing Paul's no-quit attitude throughout this entire investigation, I would have assumed he would have told them where they could shove it and have them meet him at the park, but he's a classy dude, so he headed back to the house and police wound up getting there at around 11.25 a.m. Right off the bat, police got down to business and started searching the path she had taken that day and the area surrounding that bench, including the water itself. In photos of the scene, you can see that river is extremely narrow and almost like glass. There's very little current, and even though there's reportedly a deep water warning on a tree behind that bench, the water was certainly not deep. There was a steep but short drop-off if you got close enough to the river's edge, but if you fell in, you wouldn't fall far and you'd be able to stand up if you did. You could shout at someone standing across the river, and honestly, you could probably toss a football to them. I'll post photos of the area in Nicholas Highlight on my Instagram, but until then, I'm trying to paint a picture for you. This was not a raging river, at least not near where Nicola was last seen. It's like a large creek with nearly still relatively shallow water. The day of Nicola's disappearance began one of the most thorough water searches I have ever seen. And I know I say that a lot at this point, but I'll be damned if they didn't go full steam ahead. They searched for eight hours straight from around noon to 8 p.m. and pulled out all of these stops. They brought out search dogs, dogs in boats on the riverbank where she went missing. The Coast Guard was called in. Other departments were called in. Lancashire Search and Rescue went to work along with a mountain rescue team. They searched roughly one mile upstream and three miles downstream. 
Posters with their information were pinned to everything you could find along the trails, and locals started forming their own search groups as well. The sheer number of people committed to finding Nicola within hours of her disappearance was unlike anything I had ever seen, and I'm talking the number would make up like one-fifth of the village's entire population. Unfortunately, as hard as they searched, they didn't find a single trace of Nicola anywhere. With that being said, what they didn't find was also worth mentioning. According to her family, there was no sign that anyone had slipped and fallen into the water, though it seemed clear from early on that that was the police's theory. They said it was likely not a crime and that she had simply gone missing. That statement had me wondering what in the hell that even meant, but based on the reactions from family and friends, it looks like police were entertaining the possibility that Nicola had just up and left her life. But that seemed like the most unlikely scenario for anyone who knew her. According to Lang's Live, she and her sister had just planned a spa day, which was actually booked the day she disappeared. She had just landed a new client, and her daughters had choir and gymnastics events coming up. Nicola was rooted in her family and in her community. Everything she did was for them, and she was just genuinely happy. On no planet did anyone who actually knew her believe that she would just up and walk away. But what does that leave anyone with? If we go back to the police theory that she just slipped and fell into the water, you have to wonder why there was no sign of a slip and where she might have gone. According to the Daily Mail, Nicola was a strong swimmer, but that's only relevant if she actually had to swim. This water wasn't deep and she could have just stood up if she fell in. But let's just say she did and the temperature of the water caused her to go into a state of shock. The current still shouldn't have moved her very far. So why hadn't she or any sign of her been found during that extensive eight-hour search? That question would go unanswered for weeks. The searches continued throughout the weekend and into the first week of February, and no amount of helicopters, drones, underwater drones, underwater sonar, and dive teams turned up any sign of Nicola. On February 2nd, locals noticed police tape going up around the bench where Nicola's phone was found. This was pretty surprising because, I mean, why wasn't it cordoned off on day one? The police department actually made a post addressing that, saying they taped it off to keep people away from the water's edge. But it's a river and the water's edge stretches for miles. Police said they'd thoroughly searched the area of the bench on the day Nicola went missing, but a lot of people, some named as experts, feel like the scene was contaminated from the beginning. We know that when you find evidence, you're not supposed to touch it, but I don't think anyone even considered that Willow, the bench, or Nicola's phone would be evidence until time told a different story. There were people walking all around the area, and I saw several reports discussing people who had gone back into the area to search on their own. On February 3rd, a week after Nicola went missing, police gave the public an update. They said they'd taken on a ground search in about a half a mile radius. They also searched through what was initially described as an abandoned house. This house was essentially an overgrown castle-looking mansion on the opposite side of the river where Nicola was last seen. It turns out there are people who live in it, at least part-time, and they gave permission for police to search the house and the property. 
Along with the ground search and the search of the misplaced mansion, police said they'd also gone door-to-door in the area, checked security footage, ring doorbell footage, and dash cam footage of people who had been in the area at the time of her disappearance. Because of the video footage, police said they'd eliminated the possibility that Nicola left the area of the river, which kind of sounded like it wasn't something you could actually 100% conclude. If you look at the area on a map, you can pinpoint plenty of ways to walk away, and apparently there was a whole street that didn't have cameras, Garstang Lane. At a press conference, a reporter told the superintendent that just because no one saw her leave through the Garstang entrance or exit, it doesn't mean that she didn't. The superintendent admitted that it was a possibility, and there we were back at square one, where it feels like nothing means anything, and though this search was undoubtedly thorough to the nth degree, they're no closer to finding Nicola than they were the day she disappeared. It also posed the question as to whether or not police had spent too much time focusing on the river and not enough time investigating other possibilities, like if someone had done something to Nicola. Initially, police were focusing on the 10 minutes between 9.10 a.m. and 9.20 a.m., but after all of this, Wales Online reported that they were looking into the two hours between when she was last seen and when police were notified of her disappearance. And I don't know why I got the petty vibe when I heard that comment, but those two hours are widely accounted for when it comes to the people who found her phone, the school, and Paul's morning up until the time he got that call. The comment doesn't seem to have led to anything, and I haven't heard it mentioned again since. While law enforcement continued their search along the river, including special dive teams that were brought in, witnesses started coming forward about strange and unusual activity on the day Nicola disappeared. One woman who rented a barn near the area told the Sun that a tatty red van was parked outside of it that day. For the Americans listening to this, a tatty red van would roughly translate to a busted old red van. The woman said she used the barn to store wood, which she sells as firewood. She told the son that there would be no reason for anyone to park there without her permission unless they were up to no good. She contacted police about it as soon as she heard Nicola was missing. Along with a busted old red van sighting, a witness told the son that they had seen two men acting suspiciously the day before Nicola went missing. I know we're talking about the day before, but just hear me out. He says he saw the two men outside of a local church at 7.45 a.m. the morning before she disappeared and that they were carrying fishing rods, wearing hats or hoods, and appeared to be making an attempt to cover their faces. It wasn't until the following morning that things got really weird. The witness says that on the day of Nicola's disappearance, he saw one of those men walking in the vicinity of her route. He said he contacted police about it, but didn't hear back from them for nine days. It has been nearly three weeks since Nicola disappeared. The river has been searched at least three times, according to the Sun, and the searches have expanded all the way out of the river, into the bay, and into the sea. Absolutely none of those searches has resulted in any sign of her, not even her car keys, which her husband says would have been in her coat pocket. The family and all searchers have praised the Lancashire Police Department for their search efforts and communication, but there's still lingering concerns that they may have been looking in the wrong direction, and maybe for too long. As of now, nothing seems to have been ruled out. Nicola Bully was last seen wearing a black waist-length coat with a black ankle-length jacket over it. She was wearing tight black jeans, long green socks, olive green boots, a pale blue Fitbit, and a blue necklace. Police have commented that trying to track down data from her Fitbit has not led to anything substantial. 
However, her friend told The Sun that it hadn't synced to a device since Tuesday. Based on the date of the article, it seems like she was referencing four days after she went missing, which could raise some eyebrows, but I know that article dates can sometimes change based on updates made to the publication, so I can't actually confirm that. What I can say is that Nicola had a Strava account which mapped her walks and runs, and it lists the current month's activity at 1 hour and 19 minutes of moving time, having moved 7.6 kilometers or just under 5 miles. The current month is not the month she disappeared. February would have started on the Wednesday following her disappearance. I can't make any sense of it, and maybe the website picked up on something that wasn't Nicola, but it was worth mentioning. The search for Nicola Bully is still ongoing. If you have any information, please contact the Lancashire Police Department at plus 441772614444. You can follow her case on the Lancashire Police Facebook page in the Finding Nicola Bully Facebook group or on nicolabullymissingappeal.co.uk. I'll post the contact information and the links in her highlight. For all photos pertaining to this case, check out Nicola's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley. To get access to ad-free and bonus episodes, subscribe to our Apple Premium or head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you love the podcast, feel free to leave a review. I absolutely love it when you do. And if you have a case that you would like to hear covered, share it with Big Mad True Crime on social media because all cases are covered by listener request. I'll be bringing you a brand new case next week, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.